This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. It's time for Southern Health Future. Updates from the Southern District Health Board and Community Health Council. Well, with residents in Karatani and Waikawaiti naturally concerned about the elevated lead levels detected in drinking water samples, what are the potential health implications and where are we at with the testing that's been underway? Joining me today on Southern Health Future to discuss that is public health physician Dr Michael Butchard. Uh, Morena, lovely to have you with us again on the line, Michael. Morena, Jeff. Let's um, start with maybe a question, Michael, that, that many would probably want to start with, and that, that is what is the actual problem with, with lead and why should we be worried about that? So lead, it is an element that the body doesn't use in any way. We don't have any functions that use that. So when we do um, take that into our body, um, the body doesn't know what to do with it. It does get stored in our bones and in our teeth, and it is also found in our blood. And it can, if levels get high enough, it can cause tiredness, mood changes, uh, memory impairment. Uh, It's also um, particularly um, a problem for children and their development. Uh, So that's why um, we want to ensure that lead levels are as low as possible in people. All right, so with the current situation, what is being done from a health perspective? So from a health perspective, We offered uh, free lead testing to the community last week and we realised that people are very concerned and it has been a stressful time. And we had a very good turnout. Uh, Many people turned up to be tested, uh, approximately 1,300 people in the community. Those tests have been processed and the vast majority of people will have now received their results. I think there would only be a very small handful who have not heard back and I know that people, there's an 0800 number that people can call to um, chase their results if they haven't received anything in 72 hours. Uh, There's a team of people that will call at least times and sometimes we still can't get in touch with people. So if you have not heard your result back, please call 0800 622 683. And for the very small number of people who do have an elevated Result, uh, Public Health South is contacting all of those people and providing the appropriate advice and ensuring that everyone has the, the appropriate management. When we talk about results, Michael, what information are they getting back? What do those results show? So it comes down to a concentration of lead in someone's blood and the number that we are using is our cutoff, which is the international standard, is 0.24. Now, if people have 0.24 or higher, they will have been called by us at Public Health South. If they have a result of 0.23 and below, which is under that cutoff, they will have been called by Well South. Our PHO, who has done a fantastic job of running those testing clinics in Waikoiti and in Karatane. Uh, so that is um, the first step and then we will run through with them anyone who has over 0.24 a health protection officer will discuss any possible other causes that um, have uh, any other lead exposures in their home environment because as we know there are some very common uh, situations that uh, do cause higher lead levels 
Uh, one of them, for example, being um, flaky paint or renovating with the old lead paint. If you're in a house um, that's uh, prior to 1970s, there's always a risk, or 1970s included as well, um, of there being lead paint. Um, there are also other factors that research has shown uh, can cause high lead levels, so we ask about all of those. And some other examples uh, would be um, sometimes there's been an association with the consumption of shellfish, uh, sometimes there's been associations with people who use rainwater um, for their drinking water uh, because sometimes there might be lead contamination in that. Not all um, drinking water um, setups will do that, uh, but research previously in New Zealand done by Massey University found an association with that too. So we, we cover those and all other known risks and then we give advice on how to um, prevent those risks. How would someone know, or how would these residents in particular know, uh, if they had been exposed to worrying levels of lead? I mean, is it likely that they would be presenting with anything symptomatic at the moment? Well, we haven't found uh, levels that would likely cause symptoms. Um, However, we are still trying to eliminate um, exposures. So... It is unlikely that people um, would be able to tell whether they've been exposed to lead or not from the symptoms that they're experiencing. It's um, not impossible, but it is unlikely in the levels that we're finding. Obviously, drinking water from those sources at the moment, uh, there's no question that that's off the list, but can tap water be used for any other purpose? Yes, you're right. So it's still, please do not drink the water. Uh, Please do not use it in your cooking either. Um, you can use that water for all other purposes. You can use that water for washing, for cleaning. That includes you can use it for washing um, your um, plates and knives and forks. That's all fine. You can use it for watering your garden. MPI has given advice um, saying that that is okay. Uh, So it's really just that uh, drinking and cooking. Please do not use the water for that. What about uh, eating local animal products uh, and or any concerns about animals you're drinking from that water supply? So the MPI advice is that there is no concern there and also so in terms of uh, you can eat your fruit and vegetables and MPI has advised that at the levels that have been detected in the water system uh, there is no uh, risk to livestock either. Michael, I guess you're just keeping your uh, finger on the pulse, as it were, as a medical person right the way through this. It's a, a, an ever-changing uh, environment, I suppose, at the moment in terms of the level of information that's coming through from analysis, not only from the blood samples, but also from what's been going on in terms of environmental testing. Yes, that's right. Uh, we are, on a case-by-case basis, often discovering things. We obviously won't be discussing the individual um, cases publicly, but we have given an assurance to the community that we will analyse all of the results where permission has been given to us to do that. Our ESR is helping us to do that. And once we have collated and analysed those results, we will be organising another meeting with the community uh, at a time that suits the community and after that analysis has been done, to feedback what we have found in terms of those blood lead levels. Do you expect at the moment to have a timeline on that? 
we are working towards it is looking because partly the large numbers of tests that we have received uh, it has exceeded what we expected and therefore there's more data entry required and more analysis um, and I think we're also working with a timeline that suits the community uh, so the latest um, information I have on that is it is now looking more likely like the first week of March but that is yet to be determined and as soon as we do um, finalise a date we'll be in touch with the community to give them ample time to organise and to turn up to our meeting which was extremely well attended um, the first time around. Michael, it's great to get uh, an up-to-date perspective from from uh, the health angle on this right now. There is, of course, another major health issue that our communities are concerned about at the moment, and that is COVID-19 and uh, the recent elevation in alert levels. So of course, we'll hear later today, I think, as to whether we're going to remain at level two or whether there's any change to that. But right now, we are at level two. And what's your key message to our listeners? So the key messages in level two are around physical distancing. So keep your two metre distance from people and your workmates at that one metre distance maximum of 100 at social gatherings. I think if you go out to a restaurant you will have to be separated from other people, your group will be and you'll only be served by a single server. You have to wear face masks on transport. The key ones that are always um, regardless of alert levels stay at home if you're sick don't socialise if you're sick with others, not only don't go to work but don't invite friends and family around call that 0800 virus 19 number to arrange a test if you have symptoms keep washing your hands please keep using that app swipe those QR codes at every opportunity and also turn on the Bluetooth function they do different things so please do both and of course we can't travel to Auckland at this time We're uh, of course waiting the rollout of the COVID vaccination what uh, can you tell us about what information you have on it from this part of the country so our planning is well underway and there's, as I speak, another um, organisational meeting happening. So we're following the Ministry's plans of their rollout and they have a sequencing framework which gives the order of different groups and when they are vaccinated. So the first group that's vaccinated is going to be border workers and MIF, or Managed Isolation and Quarantine Workers. Now down here we don't have any or many of them because we don't have those facilities here but for us it's our border workers so they'll be um, vaccinated first and that will happen in the next two to three weeks. After that we move into healthcare workers and essential workers and vulnerable people such as the elderly or those that if they catch COVID are more likely to become unwell, seriously unwell and after that the rest of the public will be vaccinated that will happen in the second half of this year. And I guess this question's been asked a lot, but why is it important to have the vaccine? So having the vaccine will protect the vulnerable people in our communities. We know that COVID-19 for most people is not a serious illness, but for those in uh, aged residential care, we know it is a serious issue. For those with other um, health conditions, we know it's a serious issue. And even for healthy younger people, from time to time it becomes 
a serious issue. And there is also, for some people, uh, long uh, COVID, which is their symptoms that uh, remain for months and potentially they might remain for years. Uh, this is a developing area. So please uh, get vaccinated, not only for yourself, but to protect those other vulnerable people in the community. Michael, we know that there's the COVID19.gov.nz website for um, all the latest uh, government information. What about from a health perspective and particularly around vaccines? Is there somewhere we can go uh, to check out more information? Yes, that uh, website is a good place to go and the Ministry of Health website has a lot of information on the vaccine and they do update that information regularly. So I encourage people to go to those two websites. Uh, Dr. Michael Butchard, um, public health physician, thanks so much for taking some time to join us to talk about two really uh, important and key health issues in our community at the moment. We look forward to catching up with you again further down the track. Kia ora, Jeff. Thank you very much. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.